Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. I said our God is good. All the time. Amen. Amen. You know, I had, uh, I had, one say, had someone say it this way one time. That, you know, God is good. That's what he's made out of. That's his substance. And because he's good, and that's all he is, is good, he has nothing but to give us but good. Amen. Okay, you missed a really good shot right there. You missed that one. <clears throat> Since the Lord is good, he can only give us what he has and who he is. Therefore, all goodness, every good gift comes from up above, from the Father of lights. Amen? Amen. So our God, because we have a relationship with him through Jesus Christ, he can give us nothing but good. Amen. That's right. And he gave us authority to stomp on the bad. Amen. Well, we're going to worship uh, with our giving tonight. Grab an envelope, if that's how you do it, if you're giving tonight, and go ahead and fill them out. Praise the Lord. I'll tell you what, uh, I've really, I, wouldn't, I don't know if it's tripled up, quadrupled up, whatever it is, but I've been speaking a lot of prosperity, uh, increased scriptures in my life, because I just want that, uh, well, I'll just go ahead and tell you. I talked to the Lord about, you know, our finances. Anyone ever talk to the Lord about your finances? Amen. Right? Amen. Me too. And uh, have you know that when you, when you seek God, you know, he'll respond. Amen. may not be that second, but, some, you know, it'll come along where you'll be sensitive to your heart and he'll speak to you. And uh, what he said to me, he says that, that, that everything that we receive from him is, is through faith. Amen. And so if I'm not satisfied that I really... My, my faith is very effectual in a particular area, you know, I need to make sure that something gets done about that. And the Lord said to me, he says, you know, you've developed your faith for other things, and you, you never come behind, or, or you never fall short in those areas. Everybody say, ouch, Hallelujah. So he began to refer to me that I haven't been building my spirit up enough in the area of receiving. Because the Apostle Paul talked on both giving and receiving. There's two parts to that transaction. There's faith to give, and that's always displayed with cheerfulness. And then there's faith to receive. Amen. And that's always displayed with earnest expectation. Amen. Amen. That's right, John. And so basically what he said to me, he says, if you'll develop your faith for receiving, the same way you've developed in other areas of your life to receive what I've already provided for you, mm-hmm. you'll never come short again Amen. in that financial realm. Hallelujah. Whom the Lord, in whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Amen. And we should be welcoming that because he's helping us, right? Amen. So I've been hammering those receiving scriptures and just saying them to myself, saying them to myself, saying them, building myself up on my most holy faith, right? Speaking. And, uh, I'm getting excited because there's symptoms to having a heart full of the word. And one of the symptoms is getting giddy, getting happy. Amen. Because you have earnest expectation. Hallelujah. 
that you see it with your eyes, the eyes of your spirit. You see it coming. You start preparing for it to come. Amen? Glory to God. It's just like that one lady at home, you know, she decided she wanted a piano. And so uh, she went ahead and believed God for a piano. And, uh, and she, you know, week after week after week after week, nothing happened. She started talking to the Lord about it. He says, well, you're not earnestly expecting what you believe you receive. Amen. What do you mean? I believe I receive. The Lord started showing her that she hadn't made a place for that piano yet. Just like we hadn't made, we hadn't made a place of 100, for 100 people. Yeah. If you really expect something, you're going to start preparing. So she made, a, she made a place in her living room. She's cleared out an empty spot for her, for her piano in that, in that house and just began to rejoice every time she saw that space. She saw that piano there. Just a short amount of time, all of a sudden, here comes this piano. Boy, we can preach tonight. This is a good night, huh? Yeah. Glory to God. You ready to give? You got faith to give? You, you got faith to receive? Amen? So, Father, we thank you tonight that we have faith to give. And we know that we have faith to give because we're excited. Woo! We're, we're, we, we, are, we are cheerful. We're grateful. And as we give this to you tonight by faith, we thank you that you will take it, you will break it, you will bless it. And with our eye of faith, we see it coming back in a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. In fact, Lord, we don't have enough to receive it because it's so great. It runs over! In Jesus' name, amen. Let's wait on the folks. Glory to God. We are blessed, people. We are blessed. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, would you bring your Bibles tonight? Did you bring your Bible app? We're, uh, we're just going to keep doing kingdom principles on Wednesday night until uh, he tells us to go another direction. And I've just been enjoying uh, this study. I hope you are as well. And this is, uh, again, this is an approximation. Uh, uh, this is kingdom principles five, I think. Only Sharon knows for sure. Amen. And so we, we learned that we've been born into a spiritual kingdom. And there are spiritual laws by which governs this kingdom that we're in. And when we begin cooperating with these spiritual laws, we begin to, to live an abundant life in God's kingdom on the earth, even though we're surrounded by darkness. Amen. And so it's important for us to learn these kingdom principles. So as we operate in these principles, the Lord's blessing will be upon us. Amen. And God displayed a lot of his laws of the kingdom just through creation. Because understand that when you create something, the same laws that you use to create it will now operate in that which you created. Does that make sense? And that's why Jesus used a lot of natural examples in his teaching. Because he was showing us natural things that are operating in certain natural laws that were inherent to the spiritual laws that created it. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Just like you were created in the image of God. Amen. And so ways, in ways that God lives, we live. Yeah. Right? God always walked in love, right? That's his nature. So we begin to do what? See, we're now in that kingdom. We've now been, been born from him. We're a part of him. We walk in love. Amen. Come on. And so through creation, we see that the Lord used his word, his breath, to create the natural physical world. So now this world is now subject to our words. Since God created this natural physical wor world with words, now it's going to be controlled or governed by our words. Amen. Either positively or negatively. Yeah. Amen. 
Um, we know that the words that he spoke were just not random words. They were words that came from his inner man, from his heart. It came from his very essence. The words that he spoke came from his inner, his inner being or from his spirit. Therefore, the words that he spoke were containers of his life and his creativity. He never shot any blanks. Everything he said was created. And that's why Jesus had to choose his words wisely when he was on the earth. And if you follow the ministry of Jesus, as we all should in the Gospels, you'll see that everything that he spoke, it was always what he was believing for to happen. He always spoke the final word. He never talked about the problem because he didn't want to speak life to the problem. He always spoke his desired results that he wanted to create. And so we need to begin to pattern our life like that because our words, too, are also containers of creative power. And so we choose to speak life, so we create life. You and I are all surrounded, our environment is completely surrounded by the words that we spoke yesterday. And what we walk in tomorrow will be the words that we spoke today. Right? So we, we use our words, as, as it said over there, <clears throat> I think it's in James, we use our words like a rudder on a ship. And the words that we speak point our life in certain directions so we become on a collision course with what we're saying. Because as we're saying, it's being created and we're going in the direction of receiving what we're saying. We found out that, that, that the Lord used the, the principle of a natural seed to teach us about faith. He said that if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto the sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the roots and be thou planted into the sea. And so he began to show us a natural example of these spiritual kingdom principles that you and I are to walk in. Amen? And so, in the same way that a natural seed contains creative power within itself to reproduce itself, so is the Word of God. Every word that God has given us is as a seed. That's why it's so important to put it in our heart and to, to release its creativity by what we say. Because the word will always produce after its own kind. Amen. Amen. And so every scripture has creative power within it, just like a natural seed. In the same way that you can plant a natural seed in the natural earth or the ground and begin taking steps to germinate that seed, that seed will begin to grow and develop and reproduce itself. The Word of God's the same way. Now, the ground that the Word seed has to be sown in is the ground or the soil of our heart. Amen. How many of you know that that's good ground? I said, how many of you know that that's good ground? Your heart's been recreated. There, there, is, there is no zero, zilch, nada, imperfection in your spirit. Amen. You are absolutely perfect. You are absolutely magnificent. Amen. Come on. Because God recreated you and I. Amen. And so your soil is, is perfect ground to take that incorruptible seed and place it within your heart to create that which that seed represents. Amen? Amen. Don't, ever, don't ever think that maybe there's something wrong with you. Because you are God's creation. Amen. And I'm not talking about the outer man. I'm talking about our inner man. Amen. 
So, Father, we thank you tonight for kingdom principles. We thank you tonight that, that we can place your word into our spirit. We can release its, its creativity, and we can produce for ourselves and others your perfect will, plan, and purposes. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, understand that it's up to us to get that word seed or scripture, however you want to reference it. It's up to you and I to get it into our heart. That's not something that anyone else can do for us. God can't do it for us. My mommy can't do it for me. My beautiful wife can't do it for me. My next door neighbor can't do it. It's something that you and I have to do ourselves. It has to be done willfully. Willfully. It's up to the individual to allow that word seed to be sown into our heart. So we, we've, we've talked about this before. I'm just going to repeat myself and repeat myself until I get it. Right? Until I get it. How do we get the, the word seed in our heart? Go on over to Romans chapter 10, verse 8. So if it seems like we've been here before, it's because we've been here before. And the reason we're repeating this tonight is because I, I think that it has not been emphasized in the way it should have been. And I guess that's, that's, a, that's, that's my bad. I've always emphasized the, the releasing of what is in our heart to create and didn't spend enough time of getting that which does create in our heart initially. The rest will take care of itself, really. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's kind of like a sponge. If you get a sponge wet enough, saturated enough, that you just rub up against it, you're going to get wet. And the same is true with our spirit. See, if I've got to concentrate to make sure that I'm saying the right things all day long, it's an indication that maybe I don't have as much saturation in my heart with the word like I should. I shouldn't have to be, you know, walking on pins and needles all day to make sure I say the right thing. It, it should just, when I, when I brush up against anything that contradicts what's in my heart, it should just look right out of me. You have that thought. You see unwanted circumstances. I shouldn't have to think, okay, I've got to make, make sure I say this right now. You're all, that means I'm up here if I'm doing that. Yeah, come on. Amen. Amen. So enough advertising for tonight's service. Romans 10.8 says, you and me, Romans 10.8, it says, What saith it? It says that the word of God is nigh or near us. And notice it says that it's in the mouth and in the heart. Where is it? It's in the mouth and in the heart. <clears throat> Where's the word of God? In the mouth and in the heart. And it's the word of faith which we preach. Verse 9, it says, if you confess with what? Your mouth. I see, I see you know, a trend being set here. If you'll say with your mouth, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. There's the mouth and the heart. Mouth and the heart. Mouth and the heart. And then in verse 10, it says, for with the heart... Man believeth, and with the mouth confession creates. So there we see the believeth in the mouth. So you, get, so you see the mouth and the heart. The mouth and believe. And then believe and the mouth. It tells us over in, oh, I think it's 2 Corinthians 8. Nah, maybe it's four. It says, we having the same spirit of faith 
according as it is written. We believed, therefore we have spoken. We also believe, and therefore we speak. So you'll see all through Scripture, it talks about believing and then releasing what you believe to create. For the most part, the releasing part of what we believe will be through what we say. But as we said, however many weeks ago it was, that we notice in here in Romans 10, 8, 9, and 10, that three times the mouth is referenced, and three times either believeth or the heart is mentioned. Because, you know, out of the abundance of our heart, you know, the mouth speaks, but also that, that faith is of the heart. So two times it says the mouth first, and then believeth of the heart. And then the last time, it says believeth first, and then the mouth second. Well, this, this confused me for a while. You know, somewhere around 40 years. <laughs> because I was always emphasizing the, the releasing of faith, the releasing of God's creative power, where the process goes, you have something in your heart, and then you release it primarily by saying. So that means the believing should be spoken first in Scripture, and, and the saying second. But these first two verses in 8 and 9, put the mouth first. And that kind of was like a little burr under my saddle, because I didn't understand why. And really, it was because I wasn't seeing that there's, there's two roles. There, there's two purposes of speaking the word of God. And the primary focus and purpose of our mouth is to sow the word of God in our heart. And then the secondary purpose of our mouth is to create what is in our heart with our mouth. Let me say that again. There's two purposes for our mouth in creating the word seed in our own personal behalf. Number one, our mouth is to use is used to sow God's word in our heart. And then secondarily, when you have confirmation that that word is in your heart, now you're ready to create to create, and you release the creativity of that word that's in your heart by your mouth. Did you notice in verse 10 it says that 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 we believe unto righteousness. And with the mouth, what you say concerning Christ creates salvation in your life. So my emphasis has always been on the saying part to create, but what good is that if you don't have the word in your heart? Come on. Come on. Amen. Now, you're in Romans 10, and go down to the 17th verse. You guys can all quote this. It says that, so then faith cometh. So faith cometh. A particular way. Here it says it comes by hearing. And the question is, hearing what? Hearing the word of God. Remember back there in, in verse 8, it calls the word of God the word of faith. That is the word of faith which we preach. So the word of God contains that substance of faith. And so when we hear the word of God, it begins to impart faith into our heart. 
Understand it says that faith comes by hearing, but you know, in order to hear something, you have to have words. And the most important voice that you need to hear saying the word of God is, ta-da, it's me for myself and you for yourself. Now you understand that there are times where someone will preach the word and, you'll, and, that, and they will hear that word and then they have faith to create. It gets dropped into their heart just by simply hearing someone else speak the word of God. But that's normally in a case where that person is either not saved and is hungry, or it's someone who is like a child. Remember Jesus said to maintain the attitude of a child, to be teachable, to be submissive, to be, you know, believing anything that is being said to you from the Word of God? Well, in our culture, there aren't a lot of people like that. And I ain't one of them. And so, and since you guys have been around for a while, neither are you. So we have to, we, we, we have to make a, a concerted effort to get the Word of God into our heart. And I'll be honest with us tonight, it's not going to happen by coming to church once a week. Unless you're supplementing, which obviously you should be, every day in your private life, hearing your voice speaking the word Amen. in order to get it into your heart. Amen. 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 And so, by hearing the word, it gives it opportunity to get down into our heart. But understand, it's not a, it, it's, the effort is not trying to get the word into our heart or to get our heart to receive the word, it's a matter of reprogram reprogramming our mind to take the limits off yes. to get it down into our heart. Amen. Amen. And that's a process. Yes, now, we do have a counterfeit to having the word in our heart. And many of us, including every person on this ball of dirt that's a Christian, every one of us has to deal with this. There is a counterfeit to having faith in our heart. Having the word in our heart, there's a counterfeit. And it's called mental assent. Mental assent is knowing what the word says and having the knowledge of what it says and mentally agreeing to what it says. Meaning that you have the knowledge of the word. You agree with what the word says. Yeah, I, I agree. I, 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 yeah, that's what it says. I get that. But then when push comes to shove and, and pressure is applied, circumstances are applied, feelings begin to contradict the knowledge you have of that word, and we're quick to what? Say what we see say what we feel. Because the word isn't all the way into our heart. It's, 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 it's a knowledge of the word. And that's why those, those three types of soil types that heard the word over there in Mark chapter 4 weren't productive. 
The first one on stony ground never got the word into their heart. The next two grounds, they were not fully persuaded. They had a knowledge, and most of it was just head knowledge, and it wasn't, it was, it wasn't completely established where their mind has come in total agreement with their heart, where it's given the, the, the length of time necessary to produce a harvest from the seed. And that's why we really need to concentrate on getting the word in our heart on the front end. Amen. Because we, we, this mental ascent will seem like we've got it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, faith or the way that we get the word seed to be fully established in our heart with a mind that agrees with what we believe. See, we can't believe with our mind. We can only believe with our heart. But our mind has to let go of reasoning and our mind has to get, get free from what we see and what we feel. So that which the heart believes is able to stay in that position once it releases the creativity to keep that creative power working in the fullness of creating God's will through that seed. Now, I, I, I'm not sure if... If you've ever had an encounter uh, like this, but I can remember early on when, when Mary and I uh, gave our heart to the Lord, and uh, we were just hungry for the things of God. And uh, it always baffles me when, when someone receives the Lord how they could not be hungry for more. But, I, you know... I don't know where, what, their, what their story is. I don't know what their deal is. But Mary and I were just crazy hungry for the things of God. We, we, we look forward to church every Sunday. We thought about the things of God every day. And I use that faith food that we pass out every quarter. I, I use my faith. I'm still using faith food every day. Where I'll get a scripture, I'll find out, you know, what it means, and then at the end I'll make that confession so I can hear it with my own ears, so I can get it established in my heart, and more importantly, in the way that I think. Amen. If you and I don't change the way that we think, our, we're going to have this kind of a relationship with the Lord. One day we're going to be up, the next day we're going to be down. One day we're going to be up, we're going to be down. But if you, if you and I can get our mind to come into agreement with what our heart believes, Amen. everything's going to be like this. Come on. You know, there's going to be a couple little things where your mind freaks out, but you don't understand what I'm saying. And so one day I'm, I'm reading in Faith Food, and if you want to turn to this, you can. 2 Corinthians 5.21. And, and faith food was this scripture. 2 Corinthians 5.21. And, and it says, for, for God made Jesus to be sin for us. Do you see that? No man made Jesus to be sin. The Jews didn't do it. The Romans didn't do it. You didn't do it. God did it. Amen. So God made Jesus to be sin for us, even though he knew no sin, so that you and I, through Jesus, could be made what? The righteousness of God in him. Now, I read this verse of Scripture, and the confession was, you know, and essentially that, that Jesus became sin for us so that he could give us his righteousness. 
And now because of Jesus, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, I had a knowledge of that. Wow, Jesus became sin for me, and, and now I'm, I'm righteous. But when I would say it out loud, my mind began to reason. My, my intellect began to consider what I was saying. And what I could see in my own life with all of its imperfections, how many of you know that in all our life that, that because we still have a fallen nature in our flesh that there's always going to be imperfections? Right? But that's not you. You're perfect. Did you hear what I said? You're perfect. Because you're God's creation. And he couldn't, he couldn't make anything else than perfection. Because he has no imperfection in him. Remember we started out tonight by saying that he's good and he can only give us good? Well, he's perfect and he can only give perfection. And so when he created you, you're perfect. There's nothing you can do or he can do to add to who you are already in Christ. And so my mind's going, what? What about this? What about that? Yeah, but what about this and what about that? And oh, he forgot about, what about that? And so I had a knowledge of that scripture. Couldn't quote it back then, but I, you know, I was, you know, dealing with I am righteous. Huh? I'm righteous. Huh? I'm righteous. What? Come on. And so I had the knowledge of it. And someone could ask me a question, you know, about this verse. And I go, yeah, I, I agree with that. He, he says that I'm the righteous of God in Christ. But it wasn't fully established in my heart. And so that night, I had to go to Boulder for something. You know, the People's Republic of Boulder. <laughs> and, uh, and so I hopped in my car, and I'm on the diagonal. And, you know, it's, it seems like a long ways to Boulder. And so I, I, I don't know why I did this, but I just started saying, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And every time I said it, my mind would go. But I kept saying it to myself in a voice loud enough that my natural ears could hear it. And I happened to be driving a car that was very noisy, and so in order for me to hear it, I, I began saying it in a louder voice. And I can't tell you how many times I said that. I am the righteous of God in Christ. I might have said it for... 20 minutes. I, I can't say for sure. But as I kept saying it, it got louder and louder. My voice could just get louder and louder until the end, at, I was screaming practically at the top of my lungs, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And then this happened. You guys remember when there used to be pay phones? Yeah. <laughs> or maybe you've seen a TV show or a movie that you actually saw a pay phone in the movie. I, I, you know, it's, it's so funny, some of the examples that I can't use anymore because they're just not relative. But anyway, back in the day, we used to drop dimes into the pay phone. That's before they became quarters. And they used to have a mechanism in the, in the payphone that it, was, it would go through a, a series of weighted turns and whatever to figure out if it was a real coin or a counterfeit or even if it was Canadian. And so you could hear it. You could drop, you could drop the dime in the top slot and you could hear it. And all of a sudden, clunk. 
There was like this steel box at the bottom that had a fancy key that, that you know, they would empty the payphone to get the money out of it. But you could actually hear that dime cycle through all these whatever mechanisms to try and make sure that it's the right thickness and the right weight and blah, 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 and drop it down into the, uh, the box that, that, that kept the money from the call. And if it failed the test, it would spit it out the, the other side, and you know, you've got to, ooh, put your finger in some kind of a slot there that you don't know what's in there. <laughs> <laughs> but it got to the point where I shouted it what turned out to be the last time. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And all of a sudden, cha-ching, 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 boom. The, the reality. I said the reality. The, the, the recognition that that was truth. And that it was the will of God. And it was, it was a, a reality to, in my life right now and forever dropped into my spirit. And it was like, cute. Whoa. And I got it. It became established. And understand that I don't really think it's like that. My spirit believed that all, all the time. But really what happened is my mind got to a place where it let go with its reasonings, and requirement to have physical evidence and physical feelings to validate the word, and it finally got into agreement mm-hmm. of, what, of what God said I was. Yeah. And since that time, because that truth became a reality to me, I've never questioned my relationship with God. And that's what we have to do with, by his stripes, I was healed. Surely he hath bore my griefs and carried my sorrows. Himself took my infirmities and bared my sicknesses. Amen? It's, it's got to get to a place where when you bump up against something, like a symptom or a thought, or whatever it might be, on the inside, that, that reality and that belief knowing that Christ has already carried that away, already took your place, already bore it away, and that you got what he provided through his resurrection, and you just, it just rises up inside of you. And you contradict the feeling. You contradict the circumstance. You contradict the temptation to bow your knee to what you're feeling or what you're seeing. And you come out and say, uh-uh, honey. I'm healed. I'm the healed. I'm the redeemed. Amen? And so you and I have to take the time to get that down into our spirits. Oh, Jesus. So, how do I know when the word is in my heart? How do I know that point in time that my mind has now released what I know and it's gotten in total agreement with, with my heart. And now I can create with what I have in me. How do I know when my gun's loaded? Come on. Right? How, how do I know I can begin to create? How do I know when the Word of God is in my heart? Well, there are symptoms. How does a woman know when she's pregnant? I mean, back in the day, we used to kill rabbits, but, you know, and I can't really be a good authority on this, but I'm guessing 
that all of a sudden you know something's going on, right, in the oven. That you got a bun in the oven, right? There's symptoms. And there's symptoms when you and I get the word of God into our heart. You ready for this? Go to Romans 4. You and I can begin getting sensitive to these symptoms so we can have a confidence. Romans chapter 4. Go down to verse 19. Remember, uh, we are we are the seed of Abraham. Amen. He's the father of our faith. God used him to demonstrate faith for us. And then Jesus validated it for you and I. And it says here in verse 19 that, that, that Abraham was not weak in faith. Understand that the Bible tells us that there are different measurements of faith. You've heard Jesus say, how come you have no faith? Here he's saying weak faith. Other places it says they were strong in faith. He said to the centurion and that para, that woman that wasn't in covenant, they, he said of those two individuals, only two individuals, he said, they, he said they had great faith. In this case, Abraham was not weak, so we have to assume that he was strong. Right? Why was he strong in faith? It says that he considered not... What didn't he consider? Natural symptoms, past experiences, medical knowledge, right? There's never been an individual, at least that, that we have record of, that was, that was over 100 years that provided a seed to fertilize an egg in a woman. So he, he's going, he had to get to that place where he didn't consider that, that according to medical science, that he's incapable of producing a child. That's why he fell prey to the counterfeit and produced the Ishmael. So he had to get to that place where that word was so real in his heart that he got his mind to come into that agreement where he was no longer moved and leveraged or worrisome about his own body nor the deadness, the, the, the body of his wife, which was incapable or had passed the age of childbearing. So, so I'm assuming she's no longer, you know, she went through menopause. I know this isn't science class and health class, but, <laughs> but you've got to understand, they had to overcome that. That was, a, that was a reality and a truth, or should I say a reality and a fact, that they had to deal with. They had to get, they had to overcome that. So if I'm laying awake at night worrying about, you know, symptoms and feelings and, and all of that in my body, which is contradicting what the promise is, then guess what? That's the wrong symptom that I've got faith in my heart. Amen. So, the, sim the first symptom of, of having the word in your heart is that you're no longer moved by natural laws. That the word of God displaces 
the knowledge and the experience and the facts that have been established by the recognition of natural laws. Verse 20 in the same chapter 4. So first we see that he was strong in faith. And his faith being strong was that he didn't, he wasn't moved by what he saw or felt. He wasn't moved by facts, natural law. Verse 20, it says that he staggered not. Meaning that he didn't back away from God's promise. He chose to believe it. He chose to, to embrace it. He didn't hinder it through unbelief. But it says that he was strong in faith. What was the evidence that he was strong in faith? That he gave glory to God. So he spent his time during the day going, Woohoo! I got it. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Hallelujah. There's a spring in his step. There was no longer a whine in his voice. Come on. That's awesome. There was no more complaining. There was no longer the anxiousness to tell someone how woe it is for him to be this old. <laughs> he wasn't telling people about his problems no, come on. or That's his symptoms good. Good. because he was past that. Amen. He knew it was his. You can only give thanks when you believe you have got it, Amen. that you've received it. Yeah. It's no longer a, a sacrifice of praise because you believe it's now your personal possession. Why would the woman make a room for the piano if she didn't think that that was her personal possession? See, when you believe you got something, you begin to have what they call that earnest expectation, which is hope. Amen. Now, I'm not talking about the worldly hope where you're sure hoping you're going to get it, <laughs> like wishing. No, biblical hope is when you are expectant of the promise because you believe you got it. Amen. Yes. And you begin seeing it. You see yourself with it. That's why you're making preparations. Hello. You're believing God for a car, then go get some car wax at, at uh, you know, at Walmart. Well, why would I do that? Because as you were giving glory to God, you were seeing yourself with that car and you saw yourself waxing it, so you went out and got some wax. Now the Lord's helping you. Just like your name is the Father of Nations. But if I'm just going like this, you know, well, someday I'm going to get it. Woo-hoo. Yeah, he said, his, he said, by his stripes, I'm healed. I believe, you know, I believe that. Do you? Do you? How about? I don't even have to say anything. You know, sometimes people think that pastors, you know, they know everything and that's why they know about this and they know about that. We just got to look at the countenance on people's faces. Come on. Oh, that's good. That's good. You, you, you come down, you lay hands on someone and they're just as whiny when they leave as when they came. They got the same woe is me look on their face. 
Just like they came and they left. And I go, oh, they're not in faith. But I see them get up and go, oh, see, Jesus said when that guy that had four crazy friends and he brought him in, you know, on the couch, right? And they lowered him down. Jesus said he saw their faith. What do you figure? They, they were giddy. <laughs> Let's get on the roof, man. <laughs> get up there, baby. <laughs> right? Yeah, let's drop them down. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Right? They weren't like... <laughs> I guess all we can do, I guess we'll just put them on the roof. I don't know. I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. You know when it gets in your heart because you get crazy. Crazy in contradiction of natural law. Amen. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith. Give him glory! Amen. There's got to be a sense of thankfulness that's being expressed outwardly. Well, Pastor, I'm just being happy and thankful in my heart. Whatever. Whatever. Okay? Whatever. You got to see it on the outside. I said you got to see it on the outside. Here comes the 21st verse. Here's the, here's the, you ready? You guys, hallelujah. You guys ready? Ready for verse 21. It says that Abraham was fully, not halfway, not part of the way. He was completely, completely what? Persuaded. Right? That what God had promised him, he was also able to perform. Now this just, this just gets me. You start a new job, right? You don't know those people from Adam. And they tell you, you know, it's our policy at this company, you know, this year you get a week's vacation. And you get this slot over here, you know, this is your week. Cool. Now you got no evidence that you're going to get that week off, do you? Yet you've got the brochures out. Yeah, I get to go to Cancun. Hey, we can go to Cancun. Look at this deal. You start preparing for the trip. Right? You're buying yourself, you know, a brand new bathing suit. Or some way to cover everything. On the... <laughs> In my case, you know, cover everything when you go out swimming, right? And, and you take that man or woman, that boss person, at their word. And you acted like what they said is gospel. And you're fully persuaded. Why? You're doing all these things. You're telling people about it. Oh, man, I want to Cancun, babe. Boom, it's a paid vacation. I don't even have to pay for this trip. Glory to God. Right? But then the creator of the universe, through his word, says, you know, I took that sickness. I took your sickness and I put it on my son. And he bared it away for you. In the same way he bared your sin, he bared your sickness. And with his stripes, you were healed. And we can't get, we can't get jump-started. We can't get excited about that. Well, that just, all that means is it's not down here. We're still where? Up here. You see, you'll know when the word is in your heart, when you get fully persuaded. Or could we say confident? Yeah. 
not arrogant, not prideful, where the emphasis isn't on me. Man, I believe for that. No, he gave it to me. Amen. I'm fully persuaded in him that what he promised, he can bring it to pass. Right? right? I used to be, you know, I used to be that guy that I was a man of faith. I even got the t-shirt, okay? Now, now it's, thank you for your grace, Lord, and the faith that you gave me. And I believe what you say, and I thank you for it. I thank you for it. I thank you for it. Glory to God. Amen? So, mental assent will never be fully persuaded. Mental assent will never give glory to God for something it doesn't possess in terms of seeing it and feeling it. Mental assent can't be, it can't overlook natural law. So we can begin to differentiate between the two and we can finally get to that place when we start bearing that fruit those three symptoms that we just explained when it gets on the inside when it gets bigger on the inside than it is on the outside Amen. now you understand you understand that we're all, always going to deal with a little something here and there because that's how our mind has been created by God. It's been created to let you know what's happening out here. That's how we live in a physical world because we have physical sensors. Five of them. We have five physical sensors. Remember? Eyes, ear, mouth, touch. What's the other one? Hearing. Well, I'm glad I got all five. (laughs) 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 On fire! Hit all five of them. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I didn't even get it right? Okay. (laughs) And God can work with me, even though I don't know what the five physical senses are. (laughs) Amen. Stand up. So we can know. I said we can know when we're fully persuaded. We know when we have thankfulness rising up in our heart. We know when we believe that God is able. To, to do something on our behalf where everyone else says, no, it can't. Amen? Amen? And we can be so full on the inside that no matter what happens out here, we just smile. Because we know something. Because we believe something. Because we have God's word on it. And it's already done. Yes, glory. Amen. We're just receiving but he's already done Amen. through his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Glory. Hallelujah. Let's just begin to thank him. Lord God, we thank you for your promises. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, that we can get the word in our heart. That when we speak your word with our mouth, we hear it. And it washes our mind. It, it renews our mind. It, it shapes and reprograms our mind. Yeah. It aligns our mind with our heart. Yeah. And when they get in harmony, oh, our heart just swells and it overflows with joy that we got it. Yeah. That that seed is now in that ground. And from that ground, I can release my faith. And it will, 100 times out of 100, produce a harvest according to the creativity in that incorruptible seed. Lord, we thank you for it right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
I said, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Amen. I heard Keith Moore say it this way. He says, you and I can get so full of the word and we can be so overflowing with thankfulness and joy and then we can come across somebody or some circumstance that completely contradicts what we are what we know we have in our heart and it's like a bucket of water and they just all over us and he says through the bubbles we'll go thank you lord i got it thank you lord i got it thank you lord i got it it's mine it's mine it's mine and bubbles are just going out because you don't care what they said you don't care what you what you see you don't care what you feel you don't care what's been happening for the last 40 years. I got it now. Hallelujah. And nothing's going to drown it out. Nothing's going to extinguish it. Nothing is going to keep me from walking in what God has provided in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I felt the hook take me off the stage. <laughs>